So I want you to join me as we uh, uh, say this prayer to open up uh, our, uh, our message here today. So pray this with me. Avinu Malkenu, our Father and our King, give me eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to perceive, and the will to obey your word that I hear today in Yeshua's name. Last week, Rabbi Michael started a new series entitled The Twelve Characteristics of the Disciple of Yeshua. And he shared that discipleship is uh, a lifelong process uh, that too many believers avoid thinking that once they receive Yeshua into their hearts, that that's all there is to being a Talmud, to being a follower. And I think one of the most important truths he shared as he introduced this uh, series was uh, this sentence, uh, these two sentences here. And there's a little ring on my microphone, if we can uh, take care of that. Thank you. A Talmud is not merely a listener, although careful listening should be, uh, not be undervalued, but a Talmud, a disciple, is a learner who puts what is learned into practice. And, you know, we need to remember that our faith is not something that is contained uh, to these four walls here in this sanctuary, that we have to break this mentality that says, I went to Shabbat service or Wednesday Torah study, and that's done. Now I can get to my real life. My husband and I were talking about this. Your real life, my real life, is being a follower of Yeshua in my daily routine. Coming to service, to Torah study, to prayer meetings is to energize us and to help us to live as his followers, as his disciples in the world around us. Another quote that Rabbi Michael shared last week is, discipleship is not a solo effort. Say that with me. Not a solo effort. Let's say it again. Not a solo effort. Though it takes personal actions and engagement in spiritual disciplines, discipleship is a group Sport, best done in community. Friends, there are no lone rangers in the kingdom of God. I've said this many, many times before. I say it in the membership class, in the discipleship class, but it bears repeating here this morning. From Bereshit to Revelation, Adonai always moves and speaks in community and expects his followers to be connected to that community. You will grow more and more, you will grow faster, you will grow stronger as a disciple if you are connected to the community. This is all free, not in my notes, so I'm just going here on this little rabbit trail, just telling you, being connected means being connected, okay? Spell that out. It means you come even in the snow, like so many of you did this morning. It means you come regularly. Why? Because that connection is what helps you to grow. All free, just saying, okay? Connection is going to help you to be a strong follower of Yeshua. You're going to hear this many, many times in this series. It's not about praying a prayer. Great, you prayed that prayer one day. But it's about growing. And your growth is connected to being connected to the congregation. Enough for that rabbit trail. So he covered three things last week. Let's just look at those quickly. One is a Talmud is a learner. Yeshua said, come follow me. So follow Yeshua. What would he do in this situation? What would he say? What would he think? Remember, you and I don't know everything. (gasps) I don't know everything? Can it be that I don't know everything? Turn to your neighbor and say, you don't know everything. 
Well, some of you are liking that too much. <laughs> you don't know everything, especially if that neighbor was your spouse, right? Friends, we need to be open to instruction and to correction. When God corrects us, when he instructs us, it doesn't mean we're a bad person. It means we're a learner. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a learner. Okay? And the learner needs to be instructed. My kids are not going to like this, but I've told them this all along as I homeschooled and everything that sometimes they would get upset because they missed something on a test or something. And I said, if you knew it all, I wouldn't have to teach you. (laughs) I mean, really. So a disciple is a learner, someone who's always learning. And so sometimes I get it wrong and God has to show me that I get it wrong. The second thing that uh, we learned last week is that the Talmud, a disciple, grows with the end goal of maturity. Friends, it's not that one-time event, praying a prayer, and it's over. There is a goal, and that is to mature into the likeness of Messiah. And the third thing that we heard last week, that a Talmud, a disciple, has a burden to bear. We need to lay down our life for kingdom purposes. So today we're going to examine three more of these characteristics as we ask God to help us to grow more as disciples and to see disciples made through our lives. So the fourth one is that a Talmud, a disciple, loves Yeshua above all else. Luke 14 says, 25 says, Now great crowds were traveling with Yeshua, and he turned to them and said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father, mother, wife, children, brothers, and sisters, and yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Wow. What is Yeshua saying here? Is he promoting hate or family alienation? Of course not, friends. David Stern discusses this passage in his uh, Jewish New Testament commentary by saying this. Some might hear verse 26 selectively misquoted in a wrong way, and on this basis, a case is made that Yeshua is a cruel madman. Oh, he wants us to hate everyone. But the key to his warning, David Stern says, is the phrase, and his own life besides. The theme of these verses is not alienation from one's family, but the cost of discipleship. Nothing, not love for father or mother or even one's own life, is to take precedence over love and loyalty to God and his Messiah. One must renounce all that he has, acknowledging that if God is to be primary in his life, possessions and even social relationships in and of themselves must be secondary. So, friends, what he's saying is that being messianic, follower of Yeshua is more than just merely acknowledging facts about Yeshua. And in this uh, text here, the Greek word used is meseo, that is meaning to hate. And most commentaries and translators tell us that this word here is, should be translated with the Semitic sense to it. And when you look at the counterpart in Hebrew, it means to love less. Okay, And this can be seen in the parallel passage in Matthew of this story that we find in Luke. Chapter 10, verse 37, Yeshua says, He who loves father or mother more than me. So here in Luke, he's saying, If you do not love your father or mother less than me. You see what, what is going on there? He's not saying to hate them. So if you love your father or mother more than me, or you love your son and daughter more than me, then you're not worthy of me. You cannot be my disciple. 
So when we put this all together, what we are hearing Yeshua tell us is that our love for Adonai should make every other love we have pale in comparison. It's about loving Yeshua above all else. He must be number one in our lives. He doesn't want to play second fiddle, friends. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven: love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. We say it every week in the Vahavta. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Friends, loving Adonai involves all of who we are, not just a part. We love with our heart, with our emotions, with our intellect, with our attitudes and actions. And as I already stated, we cannot compartmentalize our lives and place God in a box where we engage him and love him on Shabbat. Oh, this is the day that I get to have relationship with God and, and spend time with him. It's Shabbat. And then tomorrow, okay, now I can do my normal stuff. No, friends. Loving God is not just on Shabbat, but it's on Yom Bishon, Yom Shani, on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We cannot compartmentalize our relationship. Loving Adonai is a 24-7 deal. People should see my love and your love for God and the way we conduct ourselves at work, at home, in school, and in the community around us. I don't know, but when I reflect on this, I think, how could we not love God with all our hearts? Think of where you would be without him. He is the lover of my soul. All that I am and all that I have is because of him. He lavishes his love on me and on you. And how can we not reciprocate? The love that he lavishes, unconditional love. How can we not respond to that and say, God, we love you with all of our heart, soul, and might. We love you. You are number one. In our lives. So being a true follower, a true tell me disciple of Yeshua means that He is the love of our life. He is number one. And then the second that goes with this, and even Yeshua said that the second command, the first command, the greatest command is to love Him with all our heart, soul, and mind. And the second is like to that, it's to love your neighbor as yourself. And when we look in Yochanan, Yeshua is talking to His, his Talmudim, and He says that a true disciple. A true Talmud will love other disciples. Look with me here in chapter 13 of Yochanan, verses 34 and 35. Yeshua says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. That's new, God? You know, doesn't it say that in the Torah? We're going to talk about that. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Read that with me, please. By this, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Read it again. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. How in the world are people going to know that you're a follower of Yeshua? We have all of these ideas. If I were to ask you that before I started this message, I would get a lot of answers. But Yeshua says, this is how people are going to know you are my disciple, that you love one another. That's a Selah moment. Let's stop and reflect and think about this. See, love 
of one another is a proof of being his follower. So how well do I love other believers? How well do you love other believers? How well do we love the people in this room? Do we love only those whose personalities are compatible with ours? Pause for effect. (laughs) Say lie. Or do we love everyone, even with their shortcomings in this room? I'm afraid that the world around us is not seeing that true love as they should. And Yeshua says that that is the only way that we're going to know we're true followers. Yet too often what they see in the kehila in the body is strife and division, backbiting and gossip. We spoke a little bit this about our trekking through the Torah class this past Wednesday, which encourage you to come out one hour, seven to eight. It's a great interactive study. Just uh, telling you... Be here, it's great, and it's going to help you grow as a disciple. But Kepha, we talked about Kepha speaking this in his first letter, and he says that love covers a multitude of sins. And we talked about how what that meant, and, and I shared how I thought it meant that it means we are not going to be quick to expose other shortcomings. Friends, I may not know all of your shortcomings, but God does. And if we were to you know put up here on the screen... Uh, everything we all did this past week, I think most of us would hang our heads down on, on some of those points because we all have shortcomings, mishaps, right? But love covers that. Love doesn't expose all of those things. And yet so often in the, in the body of Messiah, we find people, I'm going to use the word gossiping, with coworkers or friends about their family who's a believer. So if you go to work and you start talking negatively about your spouse, that's, how's that expressing love? right? Or about someone else in the congregation who drives you crazy because they're a little shortcoming or thing. And that's not going to speak to that co-worker or that family member that you are a true follower of Messiah. Nor is it going to attract them to the kingdom. Romans 13.10 says, Love does not do harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fullness of Torah. I think the greatest way we harm others is through our words. Too often, we speak about others when we have no right to do so and when the best thing we could do is to be quiet. True love doesn't harm one another. So, If we love one another in this congregation, we're not going to harm each other with our words or action. So if true love does not harm, then the opposite would be true love benefits, right, the other person. So if I am loving you, then my love towards you is going to be beneficial towards you. Love is always action, not mere words. Yes, it's good to hear those words, I love you. But it's even more powerful to see that love demonstrated in actions towards each other. Right? Think about God's love. Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrated his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Messiah died for us. He demonstrated his love. And we need to do the same. We need to demonstrate our love for one another. 
I want to encourage you, reach out to someone in the congregation this week that you don't normally connect with. Give them a call. Go out for coffee. See if they have a need that you might be able to meet. Maybe you have a gifting or talent that is exactly what they need at this moment in their life. Maybe there's just something they need someone to agree with them in prayer about, and you could just be that person that prays with them. Again, loving is not just loving people who we like to hang out with. Loving means we love everyone in this sanctuary. So turn your head around and see everyone who's here today. Also take note of those who didn't make it out today and maybe give them a call and say, we missed you. Friends, if we do not have love, we are just making noise. Rob Shaul says it this way in 1 Corinthians 13, 1. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not a love for others growing out of God's love for me, then I have become only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal, just an annoying distraction. I hate to be annoyed. And there are a lot of things that annoy me, I can tell you. (laughs) When my kids come in, they want me to help them, and if they're drinking anything, I can hear them swallowing. Whatever, I'm like, okay, leave the room, come back when you're done with your snack. There's little things, right? But we don't want to be annoying to other people. But if all we are doing is making a noise, you know, and we're not demonstrating love in our actions, we're just a big annoyance. And God calls us to love one another. And by our love for one another to demonstrate to the world that we are his followers. Who is a true disciple of Yeshua today? My hand's going up. Well, we need to work on this. We need to demonstrate our love towards one another so that the world around us will know that we are his followers. Yeshua's command to love was new because we are told to love one another as he loved us. What did his love look like? It was a sacrifice. He laid down his life for you and for me. Even when we are, were at enmity with Adonai, Yeshua loved us. He laid his life down. He sacrificed. I was hearing early this morning someone talking about Yeshua coming and taking on the form of man. And as he was describing this, it made me realize, you know, because sometimes we just gloss over that because we think he's God. But he took on humanity. So he felt the things that we felt. He got tired. He got sunburned. You know, as he's learning in his, uh, you know, uh, father's uh, carpenter shop, he probably, you know, hit his thumb with a hammer a few times. When you think about all those things, he who is God took on humanity. Why? Because he loved us. He sacrificed that for you and me. And we are to do the same for one another. We are to sacrifice for one another. We must be willing to lay down our lives for one another in this congregation. And again, not just for a select few whom we like because we are sim- they are similar to us. We need to reach across the aisle to other people. We need to be ready to sacrifice our time and our abilities to help one another when in need. Again, think of the love that God extended to you and then extend that love to others. So Talmud loves Yeshua above all else. Talmud loves other Talmudim. And the last thing we're going to look at this morning is that a Talmud, a disciple, reproduces. 
Going to the book of Matthew again, chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, Yeshua came and talked with him, and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make people from all nations into Talmudim, immersing them into the reality of the Father, the Son, and the Ruach HaKodesh, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I will be with you, yes, even until the end of the age. So here, God is talking to us about reproducing ourselves. And the first thing he says is go. Go. Can we say that? Go. This is our word for 2018. If you remember from our message on vision, we are to be people who go. If we want to see 200 strong Talmudim followers of Yeshua by the end of 2018, we need to be people who go. And God is telling us here in this passage that that is exactly what we have to do. Go. Go, go, go. We cannot reproduce if we are not willing to engage the lost. If we simply sit in this building or in our homes, how can the lost connect to Yeshua? How can they become his Talmudim? Rav Shaul says it in Romans something like this. How can someone come to faith if they don't hear? And how can they hear if someone doesn't go to them and if that person doesn't proclaim the good news to them? So that's why go is very, very important. And I want to encourage you to be someone who goes this year. Yeah, Rabbi Carol, I'm so intimidated. I'm so afraid. I don't know what to do. Just go and allow God to take care of the, of the rest. Go and you're going to see people who are hurting, people who just need someone to smile at them, maybe to say a prayer for them. See, because that's the first step in reproducing yourself is to go. So go this week to friends and family, to neighbors and co-workers. Pick up the phone and call someone you haven't talked to in a while. As I said in my message a few weeks ago, we pray regularly for prodigals, those who have walked away from the faith. And I said that that Saturday, and I'm going to say it again, some of you need to pick up a phone and call a prodigal this week and say, hey, I was thinking about you, and I want you to know that God loves you and I love you. And uh, you, we, we welcome you back to the kingdom of God. He's waiting, right, with arms open wide for you. That's part of going. So we need to, to be those who, who go and reach out to other people. You know, pick up uh, some Hanukkah cards. In fact, I'm going to ask my ushers, I made some new cards, a batch of cards, to have them available at the end of service and hand them to you. Take one of those cards and hand it to someone this week and say, come to to our, um, our Hanukkah celebration next week. Use our app there on the, your phone and invite someone. That's part of the, the process of going. Going to those who don't know Yeshua yet. It's very comfortable to stay. You know, think about it. Especially in the cold weather that we have now, you're going to go home. If you're like me, you're going to snuggle on the couch in that blanket. Okay. You're going to turn on that little fake fireplace that we got last year. And I'm going to sit there and I'm going to fall asleep while my family cooks in the kitchen or whatever else they do. Because it feels so good to just snuggle up and just stay at home. But there's a world around us that is lost and dying. And someone has to go to them. And if not you and if not me, who? And if not now, when? So friends, God is really calling us to go to the lost so that we can reproduce ourselves. And the second step, he says, is make disciples. 
Say that with me. Make disciples. Notice it didn't say get them to pray a prayer of salvation. I know Rabbi Michael alluded to this last week. It's not enough to have a mental assent to the person of Yeshua. It's saying make people into ardent followers of Yeshua so that they can stand on their own two spiritual feet. We are making disciples not for ourselves, but for Yeshua. We are not asking people to come follow us, but to come follow him. So this word here used in the Greek to make disciples, it's used in the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the the Tanakh, for the Hebrew word lamad. And I think Rabbi Michael might have talked a little bit about lamad, lomed, lomedet, lomdim, lomdo, talmid, talmidah. All of those come from that root word. Uh, And this word is used, one writer said, for the process. Say that with me process, wherein man subjects himself to the fulfillment of the word of God. It's a process making disciples. Again, it's not praying a prayer, okay? A process. I like to call it a journey. I'm on a journey of being a follower of Yeshua. And it involves the whole person, our mind, our emotions, our physical being, every part of our lives, Surrender to the will and person of God. So making a disciple is helping that person, again, to become a true follower of Yeshua. And how do we make those disciples? It's by the third thing that he says there is teach them. Teach them to obey Yeshua's commands. Yeshua is not looking for people to follow him intellectually. A true follower is one who lives out the teaching of Yeshua. A true Talmud was one who followed the teachings of his rabbi. So, again, in the days that Yeshua lived, having a a rabbi and his followers, it was such a common thing. And if you said that this was your rabbi, it meant you followed his teachings. So when I say that Yeshua is my rabbi, it means I'm following his teachings, and that's what we are doing we were making disciples we were helping people to learn and follow the teachings obey the teachings of Yeshua in the scriptures to live a lifestyle of obedience however there's a catch to this we can't teach others to obey if we're not obeying ourselves pull in your toes It's very, very hard for me to tell someone, this is what you need to do if I'm not doing it myself. Making disciples, teaching others to obey, is not saying, do what I say, not what I do. And yet that's often what it is. Here, this is what being a disciple is. You need to do this and this, and, and yet we're doing the opposite. Oh, don't, don't look at me. Just This is what it says you're supposed to do. Selah. Pause, think. If you're listening on the podcast, pause and think about this. How can you teach someone to obey the commands that you're not obeying yourself? We need to live as true disciples ourselves if we're going to call others to join us on this journey. Live as a true follower of Yeshua. 
It's a question. What would it look like if someone started doing what you do every day of your life in your spiritual walk? What would it look like if someone started doing what you do every day in your spiritual walk? That's a big Selah moment. Made me stop when I wrote that question down and say, wow. If people did what I did every day, would it look like Messiah? That's what making disciples is supposed to be about. Discipleship is getting people to the point where they both committed to Yeshua on their own and following his teachers through obedience. As one writer said, the truth learned must be practiced. So a couple of questions. How many people have you personally brought into relationship with God through the Messiah and helped them to grow into his likeness? This is not said to make you feel bad, but rather to get you and, and me to reassess our priority and to think about your primary reason for being because all living things reproduce. So if we've been made alive in Messiah, we should reproduce as well. And I shared this a couple weeks ago. There's no greater joy than leading someone to faith in Yeshua and watching them to grow. And we liken it to baby Mira, who one day soon we will see here in the sanctuary. As Evan and Rena brought this little girl into this world, right? And how exciting it is for all of us. And we all probably look every day to see the new pictures, right? And especially the comparison between Mira and Jeremiah, who look like twins with as babies, right? There's an excitement because we have a new member of our congregation. It's the same when we have a new member, spiritually speaking. And I have had the joy of leading different people to to faith. And and I can tell you, there's nothing that compares to that joy. Nothing. And reproducing is the first step to making disciples. Just as parents bring a newborn baby into the world, they must be committed to the process of watching and helping their child grow. So if we are making disciples and we're reproducing, again, it's not just to get someone to pray a prayer, but helping them to grow and be committed to the process. So here are several things that will be a part of that process of making disciples. And the first two are from an article I read on Lifeway, who produces different curriculum for congregations. And the first thing they said, which alluded to this already, is a discipler models so that the disciple can imitate. The discipler, that's you and me, model so that the disciple can imitate. Rob Rob Shaul puts it this way, imitate me as I imitate Messiah. But again, it goes back, we need to make sure we're doing the right thing ourselves. So that's the first thing that we can do. The second thing this article said is, a discipler explains so that disciples can learn how to apply the word of God. Think of those who have younger children and even those whose children are grown about the process of helping your children Learn to do something new. You don't tell them once. <laughs> don't touch the hot stove. And, oh, they learn that, right? 
You have to repeat over and over again. And in each new situation where that principle is to be applied, you have to say, okay, this is what this means here. So it's the same way spiritually. When you are making disciples, you're going to have to explain to new believers what the word of God means and how to apply it in their lives. So sometimes, you know, having a baby can be a little messy, right, Evan? Okay? They poop and, and throw up all the time and all this sort of stuff happening. Well, even spiritually speaking, new birth represents a little messiness sometimes, but God's not put off by that, and neither should we be. And we shouldn't be blown away like, oh, they didn't understand that you're not supposed to do that. You teach them. You explain to them. This is what a follower of Yeshua does do. You need to take time to answer questions that explain the principles of the Scripture and how they can live them out. And the third thing is discipleship is intentional. Making disciples doesn't just happen automatically, friends. We have to be intentional about it. You know, as we shared in that the the series on vision, and then one of that we talked about going. That was the message that I spoke, and and I, we gave an idea, you know, to help us to be those who go, and that was to list three people who are local. Because uh, we are praying for people who aren't local, but for local people who you could reach out to in 2018 and to believe for them to come to faith. Now, I have a few people who have given me those names. I want to encourage you, if you haven't done that yet, ask God, give me three people who I can believe to come to faith in Yeshua next year. Friends, even if one of them comes to faith, you are going to be so excited. I am believing, I have five people right now on this list, five Jewish women, who I am believing to come to faith in 2018. And as I shared in uh, in the email I sent out, one of them I just accidentally ran into because my husband was up at the Stony Brook Dental School where his appointments keeps getting changed back and forth and things. And I'm just sitting there because I didn't know if I'd have to drive him home. He's getting things extracted and things, and I'm there working, and this woman walks up, and I see her, and I'm looking at her, and she's looking at me, and we both have this look like, we know each other. And she goes, Rabbi? And I'm like, yeah. And then we talked, and I texted her later. I said, you know, that was a divine appointment, and she's supposed to come to the Hanukkah celebration. That was God, because she's one of the women that I am praying to come to faith in Yeshua this year. We need to be those who are intentional about making disciples. That's why I'm telling you, write down three names of people. Send them to me because we're putting them on a prayer list. But pray and be intentional about developing a relationship with these people. Go out to coffee with them. Whatever you have to do to become a friend. Again, we're not looking to just put a notch on our belt. But we have a heart to see these people know the truth that we know. But friends, if you do nothing... I'm going to tell you right now, nothing's going to happen. If you do nothing, nothing is going to happen. My husband and I, the leadership, are committed to seeing something happen in the kingdom of God through Beth Emanuel. We want to see disciples made in this congregation. We want to grow as disciples ourselves. So I want to encourage you, be intentional in 2018. 
Be intentional. There are three people in your life right now who do not know Yeshua, and God has placed you in their life for that very reason, that they could have the hope of eternal life just like you and I do. And you need to take serious your role in their life and be that voice that speaks in the darkness. Can someone say amen? And get me preaching. So let's just review these first six characteristics as we close here. A Talmud is a learner. A Talmud grows to maturity. A Talmud has a burden to bear. A Talmud disciple loves Yeshua above all else. A Talmud loves other disciples, Talmudim. And a Talmud reproduces. As Rabbi Michael shared last week, going through these 12 traits is not intended to make you or me feel guilty or overwhelmed because we see how far short we might fall. But the goal is to impress upon us the necessity of a commitment to growing. I can tell you as I'm going through this list of 12 with my husband, I see there are areas that I need to grow in. I'm not going to let that bring me down. Instead, I have resolved with the help of the Ruach HaKodesh to stay the course. I have my eye on the goal which is maturing in my faith so that others can be drawn to Yeshua through my life. So I want to encourage us, let us all ask Adonai to help us in our weakness to learn from this series and to commit to growing more like Messiah in our daily lives. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. We're going to close in prayer, and I'm going to speak the Ronnie benediction over you, but... Before we do that, I just want to give opportunity. If you are here today and you are not a follower, you're not a disciple of Yeshua because you've not you know, made that decision to surrender to him, I want to give you that opportunity. As I spoke in my message about how he came down here to take on the form of man as a demonstration of his love, uh, it was f- for you uh, and for me. Because he wants you to know God and have a personal relationship. And he wants you to uh, know that your name is written in the, in the book of life. And his love for you is so great that he, he made that sacrifice. And so I want to give you an opportunity to pray a prayer with me. But I'm going to encourage you that that prayer is just the beginning. And that we're here to help you to grow in your relationship with him. So if everyone would pray with me, Hashem... Thank you for bringing me here today. Thank you for telling me about Yeshua. I choose today to accept him as my Messiah, as my means of atonement. I choose to be his follower. Help me to grow as a disciple. Amen. You prayed that prayer for the first time. Talk to my husband or I because we really are committed to helping people grow as followers of Yeshua. Let me bless you. Travel safely uh, in this weather as you you go home today. uh, And uh, we will see you during the week. And again, the couple's thing will be two weeks from today. bless you and keep you. May Adonai make his face shine on you and show you his favor. Yisa Adonai panavaleka v'yasim l'cha shalom. 
May Adonai lift up his face towards you and give you peace. May you walk in this shalom of Adonai. May great joy resound in your house. And may you go and make disciples in Yeshua's name. Amen.